send you the digital files that you can have printed or you can have sweet space print it for you they are a little more generic and not necessarily you can't customize them to the same extent but if if money is the end game then that's probably the route you want to go if you want to have a little bit more personalized look then you can um pay and have have us design it so that's kind of the two marketing options they're both kind of up to you whatever you want to do we just want to have a consistent look across the board for our region so obviously sweet space um, is a great option for nationally and then we'll all look the same in our region if you use our own marketing um, our northeast marketing so that is kind of the whole you know details um, with with uh, the marketing the pieces certification web connects um, but basically where we leave it and I'll open it up to questions in just a moment is the next steps if you're considering uh, hosting a camp is first making sure you have a conversation with your supervisor about you know who's going to be on staff who's going to be involved who's going to be serving in what capacities and then getting those camps certified as soon as you can so we can start marketing and promoting them. Um, we'd love to have dates and certifications locked in by the end of the year that might be hard because some of us wait on facilities but definitely no later than mid-January. We want to get those up and running. So um, so that's where I'm going to leave it, and we're going to pause it there. But I'd love to open it up for questions or thoughts, things that weren't clear, um, and kind of open it up. Anybody have any questions specifically about camp certification, marketing? <clears throat> Margo, just maybe a... <clears throat> A thought. Can you hear me? I can't tell if I'm muted or not. Yeah, I'm yeah like, gotcha. I, I got too many things open on my screen. I can't even see you guys anymore. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, but um, you, uh, you know, you put on the uh, the camp speakers and being able, being able to, um, there you guys are out there. What beautiful faces everybody has. Uh, nice to see you. So um, depending on who you're trying to target for your speakers and your worship leaders, um, you know, I've even gone a year in advance on those on those people. I, I, I would, you know, I saw it in the eight month category, and we're inside of eight months for most of our camps right now, anyway. So, I would just um, I'd put that on the urgency list. Uh, would be my recommendation. You know, if you don't have those, those people yeah. locked in, those are those are those are things that'll help you sleep easier at night. Once you get the the date, the location, the contract sign, and your key people uh, in those roles, I think it'll it'll really come together. So yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think it, some of it depends on the level of camp. So power camps, you know, obviously um, it's probably less of a priority sometimes. Um, but I still think within that eight to twelve months, it's nice to have those things, like you said, Dave, lined out. If you once you have the facility speakers and head coaches set then it's all just little things from there. Those are the big components of putting together an outstanding camp. Um, and a lot of it helps you market it, depending on the speaker that you have. So that's a really good good point. Do Other you, thoughts? Do you know if there's anything coming down the, the pipeline this year on the, the camp app, the registration app has been really good. Is Are they making any adjustments or are they beefing that up at all? I know there's some talk about that. You know? So we had talked about it. I haven't heard from Kellen. We had talked about making it a daily check-in app instead of just that one time. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, I haven't heard necessarily because it's with the tech squad and Danny Burns and all those guys, but I can definitely ask that and find out what the, what the next steps are. The other piece to that too is um, if, it, I, again, I don't know anything about tech, but if, you're, if, you're the, um, if you could make requests when yeah. you're in that app, 
And it's a beautiful system because literally anybody, you could give the whole app access to everybody at your camp. And then literally if there was ever an emergency at camp, all the kids' contact information, their parents, all that stuff is right there. Now what it's not though, it's not clickable. So like you can see it, but you can't just like push the button for the phone number. So I don't know how that's a simple little thing, but it would be amazing if you were in that app and literally if there was an emergency with Johnny, I could pull Johnny up and I can go boom, click, call his mom instead of having to go through the painstaking task of actually typing in the number to my phone, which I know is like really, really uh, stretching it. But anyway. First world problems. That's right. First world problems. Hey, if they can, I figured I'll I'll ask, you know, I'll ask. No, that's good. That's, it is, it would be easier to do that, especially for those of you who haven't used that app. um, I give that, we make a separate uh, key code for the athletic trainers and medical staff. So they have access to every waiver on their phone or an iPad or whatever. Um, And I still, because I still print them because there are some trainers and I like to have a paper copy, but it's nice to have that access on your phone. So that's good. Margo, when it comes to advertising a camp in a new area, like in the community, what are some things you've done in the past that have been effective to, you know, reach out to some of the youth programs, coaches, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the first piece um, is I would start with coaches. It's to and through the coach. Coaches get people to camp. And so if you can get some coaches on board who will be kind of a voice for you, um, in their communities, people who, you know, uh, the community loves and trusts and knows like, you know, Chris Pomerleau, he, you know, one of my coaches up here, he has 200 kids at his disposal and they love him. And so if he says, go to this camp, they go irrelevant of, you know, what kind of camp it is. So the first part is getting coaches on board. I think the second piece, if you have access to, you know, a marketable person, a speaker, something that's a draw, you know, for a lot of people, that's really important. I think that can be a draw in um, at least an avenue or an inroad to getting the camp um, going. Um, And then I do think, you know, thinking about the the target market, you know, uh, is really, really thinking about the community, what the needs are. A lot of it is creating a camp that meets a community's needs. And we've talked about that, Aaron, a little bit, especially in, in Portland. Um, but, you know, where where can we serve and how do we create camps that are enticing for the community, for parents um, and the people that we're trying to reach? Do you do a lot of um, communicating with churches or reaching out to, to youth directors or children's directors or anything? So you can. So it depends, again, on the type of camp, if you're running a power camp that's seven to 12 year olds, that might be your best bet because a lot of the communication is toward the parent. Right. You got to get parents to sign them up. Um, if you're running a high school age camp, I think, you know, the hard part for me, I'll just say this, like, I would prefer not to have a bunch of Christian kids at camp. Like that's not for a leadership camp. That's where I'm going. But for a lot of our camps, I want kids who don't know Christ. I want to reach the community at, at wide. And so the churches aren't always the greatest avenue of doing that. Um, they, they might be for leadership camp. That would be what I would say. Um, So I would think about rec centers, seeing if we can put flyers in the rec centers, um, places where the kids are through the schools. So the schools are the greatest piece there. Every school has a policy, at least here in Maine, um, where they do all flyers or no flyers. And so we for a lot of our schools have sent home like five or six thousand flyers over a couple school districts and every kid goes home with one. That has been one of our greatest opportunities. Margo, I just have to compliment Aaron. Um, 
on his outfit. He's rocking a Maine flannel shirt and a Red Sox hat. He is fitting the Maine mold. He can't do anything about his accent, but but look at him. He is just looking more Maine every day. You know, Mike. For donor meetings. Mike, I appreciate you noticing that. I, I try really hard. I love it. Too hard, some would say. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you need some work on that flannel shirt. You're not wearing it just right, but you, but the effort's there. <laughs> uh, Aaron, you know, another another thought on on just marketing and and camp and and getting gaining numbers. I think all the I would 100% agree with everything Margo said. You know, um, one of my favorite movies ever is Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come, and that does not apply to FCA camps. <laughs> Um, it, it, it just doesn't. I, we've had fantastic people lined up where you would look at that and go, you'd be a fool not to send your kid and, and people don't come, you know? And so I'm not trying to be negative. It's just the reality. So you have to scrape and claw for every kid. And, and what I mean, and, and then find the influential people in your community that, can, that are, that are going to be a champion for you. And a lot of times that's a parent. That's another, you know, the, the thing that I think we could do more of that I'm pointing at myself on this is once you get a few kids registered, going back to those kids and say, those parents, hey, what made you sign up for camp? Who are your friends? Can you go invite them? Because we want, you know, and not being afraid to do that because it's really, I love social media. Actually, I don't. I hate it, but I do it. Um, but like you can do all the blasting and all the things you want and all the email and all that. And that's good. We need to. But it's a scrape and claw for every kid, and and you got to find your influential people that are going to go help you recruit. So, good. Yeah, that's a good word. I think that's true in a lot of areas in ministry here in the Northeast. So it's a good reminder, though. No offense to Kevin Cosner, but you know it just doesn't apply here. <laughs> Any other questions or thoughts? One thing I just wanted, one thing I just wanted to share that worked worked great. Um, and you know, I had to get on a little early on board with um, camps, uh, like camp scholarships. And once you get the coaches, um, you know, it's it's helpful and enticing to um, know that um, coaches' kids can come to camp for free if you want to offer that. Um, but I did have uh, several churches last year um, sponsor campers. And um, that was really helpful. Like that covered some of the coaches, kids, and, you know, any other kids who um, wanted to come to camp um, who couldn't swing swing it. So um, it's a good way to partner with the church, like to go and say, hey, you know, I have this project. Would you be willing to um, come alongside it and uh, sp- sponsor kids? That's a really good point, Melissa. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I do think, like you said, that's a great way to connect with a church. And uh, I remember Sean saying this from the beginning, like some of the easiest, the easiest money to raise is for camp scholarships. Like if we're going to, if you're going to raise money, people want to give to that. And so building that in, um, you know, building in opportunities where, where churches can say, yeah, I'm going to send five kids or whatever from our community. Um, and also having a, a plan and a system for organizing those scholarships is really important. What we do is I use a Google form um, and it's FCA had a, a paper form and I just copied it and made it into a Google form um, and we share that and then we can use that as a, a tool to kind of sort through those and get organized. But um, yeah, that's good. 
anything else? Our time is cutting cutting close here, but we have time for one more question. All right. If there isn't anything else, I'll just say uh, definitely let me know if you have any questions. I'm here to help. I would love to sit down on a Zoom and, and talk you through anything that you're doing or working on or questions. Not that I have the answers, but I can hopefully find them from someone. And uh, I appreciate you all. So uh, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.